2: Welcome everybody to the NHL DFS strategy show. I am your host, Michael Clifford. And yes, I am not Jake Harry. I'm your host for today. Jake's taking a little bit of a day off, even though he's still doing a lot of work behind the scenes. But today joining me is the Malkin to my Crosby, the Stamkos to my Kucherov, the Dreisaitl to my McDavid, Joshua Harris. Josh, how are we doing today?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm that good, but you put him <laughs> up on a pedestal. I came through the other night but I hopefully hopefully I have the good picks today but I'm doing pretty good. Not as not as good as last night's slate did terrible but hopefully we'll get some good picks in.
2: Yeah, I mean we got a big slate tonight 10 games. We'll get to that for a second but real quick uh just want to go through uh last night's slate. Um Smorty, who's apparently been on a little bit of a tear this year takes it down first place. Uh, he went with the Toronto onslaught and it worked out because there's only two games. And in the other game for the five goals came from the bottom six. So uh, his Tavares and Hyman and Mikheyev and Muzin and all those guys uh, came through him, uh, came through for him in a big way. Uh, it seems like, like the PP2 stack was some, not popular because, you know, there's only two games. So just about everybody was popular, but it seemed like there's a lot of Toronto PP2, uh last night which kind of surprised me but i guess on such a small slate there's only so many places to go right
1: yeah and for the first time in like three years soup lifted the puck and it went in the net
2: yeah exactly (laughs) elia mckeyev is is a guy that we talk about a lot in our premium slack probably way more than we should for a third fourth liner um but he's just an interesting player because of his shot rates last year, fell off this year, can't score, finally got on the goal, on the the in the goal column last night. So that was nice to see. But, yeah, tough night, uh, I think, for a lot of people, just because the scoring was so sparse. Like I said, so many third and fourth liners scoring. Montreal didn't do a whole lot. So uh, you really needed those Toronto players, Jake Muzzin especially. While you guys are here, if you can hit us with a like and subscribe, Uh, we are growing the channel we're starting to hit our our subscriber um, bonuses that we're trying to get to Uh, the likes help us uh, in the algorithm and and try to drive the popularity of the show so if you like it please like and subscribe Uh, and don't forget that notification button that little bell to make sure that you know whenever we're going on the air Uh, let's just jump in right into tonight's slate because we got 10 games going so Uh, We got a lot of ground to cover. Let's go with game number one right away. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 2.7 goal total going into New York to face the Islanders and they're sitting, uh, they opened uh, with a 2.8. Both implied goal totals have stayed pretty steady throughout the day, um, as has the money line. So there's not a lot of movement anywhere. Um, if Malkin looks like he's going to be a game time decision, he left practice yesterday with an eye injury. They didn't really expand on it a whole lot, but when I hear like eye problem or eye issue or whatever, uh, it makes me nervous. They say game time decision. I'm assuming uh, like, I'm not playing him. I'm assuming he's out for tonight. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier, he's still out for the Islanders. You know, this is a fairly low total, only five and a half. Um, but it is, looks like it's shaping up to be an even game, at least by Vegas. So what do you like? Which, uh, which side do you like here? Do you like both sides? Where are you going?
1: I mean, I play one lineup. So for me in a one lineup, this game's probably a pass, but in MME, there's some appeal here. Um, specifically the Islanders second line, even though Michael Del Cole is on it, I was hoping they'd move up Wallstrom, but I guess they like the the JG Peggio Wallstrom pairing. But uh, so this game's in New York. But Barzal is probably going to go up against the Crosby line, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday. That uh, what's best for the team is not always best for fantasy, and this is a case where you know Trotz is going to send out his top line again out against Crosby. So I really don't like, especially on a big slate, going up against Crosby in one to three lineup. So uh, in MME, if you want, you know, I know. Our buddy who's off today, Jake, will definitely have some honors one because he always does. But um, going against Crosby, it's going to be a fade for me. They're just incredible defensively um, with Gensel and Rust. I mean, they're up to a pretty decent sample size on the season. And they have a 1.33 expected goals against average, which is definitely well below average and only five high-day near chances against per 60. So for me, even if Malkin's in, my target's going to be the Islanders second line. Malkin hasn't been good this season. That line has not been good defensively. Uh, I like Brock Nelson with Everly. Everley's a really good play driver. Um, Michael Dow Cole doesn't really do much for me, but he's min-priced. So he doesn't really hamper you down. If he happens to donk an assist, then he already hit value. So um, for me in this game, from an MME uh, standpoint, it's going to be New York Islanders two, then some Pit one and I'll sprinkle in some, I'd sprinkle in some Islanders top line and maybe have a little bit of the Islanders third line if I needed a really cheap line. But yeah. there aren't very many expensive lines on the slate where you need that much savings.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on Islanders three. That'd be a line that I'd have interest in, maybe on a smaller slate or with more big spots. But you pretty much only need them if you're playing Edmonton power play. Um, and there are other spots that you can go. So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on the Islanders too, as well. Um, I'm not playing Islanders one for the same reasons. I don't want to go into that pit meat grinder right up against Crosby. Um, Everly moving off that line, I think hurts a lot. Um, Like you said, he's a good play driver. And that's what makes, I think, Brock Nelson a better play. Um, And like you said, they're going to be matched up uh, against the depth of Pittsburgh. And that's even better. So I'm pretty much on board with you. Um, I've tamped down my Pittsburgh a little bit. Um, I was getting about 20 to 25%, you know, Pittsburgh power play, Pittsburgh one. Um, I play 20 lineups, so that'd be like four or five in my lineups. Um, I've got that down to about three lineups. The reason for that is the Islanders just don't take a lot of penalties. I think they're 28th in the league in, in power play opportunities given to the opponent. Uh, and Pittsburgh's power play hasn't been very good. So it's just kind of a bad matchup for them um, on the power play. So that's kind of keeping me muted on Pittsburgh. You know, like I said, I at the start of the day, I had about 20, 25%. That's down to about 15%. But I'm still going to play them. I'm still going to have some Islanders, too. Uh, in my more expensive stacks, you know, like Edmonton or Tampa Bay later on. Um, one player I want to mention is on the blue line and that's Pierre Olivier Joseph. He's looked really, really good uh, for the penguins so far. Um, you know, he's only played a handful of games for him, but he's gotten some secondary power play times. Price has come up, but he's still very reasonable at 3,600. And, you know, <laughs> we're always looking for pivots from Crystal Tank because it seems like Crystal Tank almost never comes through for us. So um, if you want to get, uh, save, save a little bit of money off Letang. I don't mind using uh, Pierre-Olivier Joseph either. And I have interest in Casey DeSmith tonight. I think, like I said on the last show when I was on with Pittsburgh that Tristan Jari is a horrible goalie, and then he went and he sucked. <laughs> but Casey DeSmith, like he only has 25 or 26 games in the NHL, but they've been really good. Like if you look, like goal saves above, like not just – the traditional numbers, but like uh, the underlying metrics, like goal save above, above average, high danger save percentage, like those metrics have been good in a small sample. So um, I think it's worth the risk to, you know, get some Jari. He won't be popular tonight, so I am going to get some Jari in there. Um, that's probably where I sit on this game. I'm with you. I'll two, pit one, pit power play type of stack. Uh, and I'm also in on Casey to Smith anything else from here, like, Dobson and Pulock are both running the top power play for the Islanders, but, like, you know, those three, four, two defenseman power plays don't do a whole lot for me.
1: No, especially with the the second line has two players on power play two, I believe, so if anyone, it would be Dobson for power play one, but who is it? Is it Nick Letty running power play two?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it would have to be if Dobson and Pulock are both yeah. on the top, right?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, like, if you're uh, I don't know if if you can stomach clicking in Nick Letty, but if you're using I under second line, it would make some sense to use Letty for the power play two correlation. And then with Letang, it's hilarious because like the former Rutherford had uh, a trade, and then the ownership nixed it, and now they have Brian Burke. So who really is getting the last laugh?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, probably Dobson over Polak. Uh I'm not going to Nick Letty. Like I, 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 underst- I understand. Um, people want to use them. I'm not putting them in my lineups, So that's probably it for that game. We'll move it along. We're going to get to the next one. Probably should be more interest in this one. I'm assuming we have Tampa Bay with a 3.4 implied goal total going into Florida, them sitting with a 2.7 implied goal total. Um, Tampa Bay has come up a little bit during the day, but not much. There really isn't a whole lot to talk about here with regards to line movement. Um, when I look at the Florida Panthers and I look at what they've done so far this season, to me, they look like a one-line team. They look like Barkov or Hage and Duclair are doing a ton of heavy lifting. Um, they look like they've had a hot power play and the rest has been pretty bad. Um, that's kind of my read on the team. And because of that reason, I have a lot of interest in the Tampa depth, um, more so than the Tampa top line. What do you think of this game? Are, are you attacking the top lines in your one lineup? If you're MMEing, like what would your mix be here?
1: Oh well, so – the one thing, you know, Tampa Bay one is one of those elite lines. Like we would talk about like the Boston ones, the Colorado ones, like even if you don't feel, even if you aren't super high in pull out, like that line is an elite line. They can, they're fully correlated on, power, correlated on power play one. And then they were low owned lastly, and they broke out. Like, I mean the last couple goals were just ridiculous. It was like four one with like three minutes left and they just potted two, but like, this is a line that can go off at any time. It does give me a little bit of trepidation going up against the top line because that it seems like if anything's going to work in the Panthers, like they really want to make this top line work with Barkov or Hagee and Duclair, and their numbers are, are they're legit. They have sixty percent Corsi 4, six high danger chances against per sixty in hundred and twenty minute sample. So as a as a one to three lineup type of deal, I probably am in a spot where I would want. Fade the, the top line here But in an MME I understand If you want exposure To one of these To that top line Just because They are an elite line So for me On the Tampa side um, If that Wenberg line Is going to go up Against like The, the, the Gord And the Sorelli lines I want some exposure To that I, I mean I'm, I'm a big Tampa 3 guy They're super cheap again They're what 66 9,300 I don't know If you need to get There on this slate again but like yeah. i prefer to the third line to the second line i'm not a huge second line person i don't really like tyler johnson Kalor gets power play time top power play line, top power play time and if you want to do that you can so like i was toying around with like a sorelli johnson gourd sergachev foreman just for the power play two correlation I know, I know they don't see a ton of ice time together um The the second power play unit doesn't see much time on the ice, but if you want to get a little contrarian in a game where the top line may see some ownership, I think you can do that. And then on the Florida side, like I said last game, this is like a power play stacker bust for me. It's a Barkov, Huberto, Hornquist stack. Uh, I don't really want to go up against the point line. Even though they haven't been great defensively, they're maybe league average at best, but they're – For Hagee and Duclair not on the top power play really takes me off that top line and I really just want to get exposed to the power play
2: yeah I'm with you on Tampa three that price is insane like they are in a lot of my Edmonton power play stacks. we'll talk about Edmonton a little bit later um like you said they should be matched up uh against that Florida second that Florida second line pardon me and that Florida second line has just been bad defensively this year and um, that Tampa second line with Kaloran, Sorelli and Johnson, you're right. They haven't been super good this year, but I did write up Kaloran in my power plays article um, this morning. Like you said, he's on the top power play unit. His price has come down to an even 4K um, and they do get a good matchup at five on five. So even though their line themselves is, isn't, aren't good, they're facing another line that isn't going to be good either. So it's not like it's a bad matchup for them. So um, I'm, I'm kind of in the one-off boat, like I'm one off in Kaloran or one in Sorelli or something like that. But if I need to stack, I'm going to the third line. Um, they're in a lot of my Edmonton stacks tonight. Um, hopefully, they're not super popular because they are a line that has seen ownership at times because they are cheap, but they are good. Uh, so I just kind of hope that they stay, that the ownership stays muted because it is a perfect stack to fit in uh, with your Edmonton power plays. Um, I'm pretty much out on the Panthers altogether. You talked about their power play. I wrote them. I wrote them up at Dauber Hockey. Uh, yes, this morning actually. Um, their power play with their five-man top unit on the ice is scoring 22 goals for <laughs> 60 minutes. Like, the elite power play last year was Edmonton, and I think they were at, like, 11 or 12. Like, they're li- like, Florida's literally running twice as hot as Edmonton was last year, and Edmonton was one of the historically greatest power plays we've <laughs> ever seen. So, like, when I see a, a team that's mostly bad at five-on-five five outside of one line and is due for some heavy, heavy regression on the power play, like, that screams fate for me. Like, I don't have any uh, Florida stacks. Um, I do have some McKenzie Wegar because his price has come down a lot. Like, he was in the high fours. Now he's into the mid threes. Um, he'll play on the top pair with that Glad. Should get a fair amount of minutes. So, if you need, you know, a cheap ish punt, um, I don't mind Wegar. But, like, I don't want anything to do with this Florida team. There's the, like the correlation is broken. The middle six sucks. The power play is overheating. Like, if the power of keeps running as hot as it is and they bury me tonight, like, so be it. Like, I'm just going to bet on the regression because they're running way, 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 way too hot. So, count me out on Florida. I'm with you on Tampa 3. Um, I, I do have 20 lineups, but I actually don't have any Tampa 1. And I don't feel that good about it, but Florida is one of the least penalized teams in the league. That's kind of the way I'm justifying it to myself is that the Panthers don't take um, a whole whole lot of penalties. Um, they're twenty fifth, I believe, in penalties taken this year. So, you know, I'm not going to begrudge anybody for playing Tampa. I'm just going to say they're not for me tonight because there are other spots I want to get to. Um, Florida
1: top line has been really good defensively
2: too this season. So yeah, and and the Ekblad Weegar pairing is really good defensively. Yeah. Like, and they have a big sample going back a couple of years. So. Yeah, I'm more of a Tampa 3, maybe one off some Tampa 2 guys, and that's about it for me from this game. I'm not taking either goalie, are you?
1: No. I mean, Bobrovsky gave up a goal immediately to Detroit. It was just – he was his angle was so off I, I, on that goal. He settled down after that, but, like, if he's going to have, like, these mental lapses, it just seems like he's – I think I'm leaning towards more. He got paid and he doesn't care more than there's an injury.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm thinking you can get away with bad angles against Detroit. You probably can't get away with that against Tampa Bay. So yeah, I'm out on Bobrovsky as well. All right, let's move it along. We're going to get to our next game here. We have uh, the Edmonton Oilers actually going into Montreal tonight. And we have Edmonton with a 3.2 implied goal total. Montreal uh, with a 3.3. Montreal has climbed a bit. Um, In different spots, because this is uh, sitting at a six and a half over under. But I'm going to guess that part of that implied goal total movement has to do with who's starting in net for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. If anybody wasn't paying attention, despite them not being in a back to back situation, they are starting Mike Smith in net tonight and Mike Smith is one of the worst goalies in the league. And Jesse Puljujarvi, while they're saying he may play tonight and was held out for precautionary reasons, I'm guessing it looks like he's out because James Neal was skating on the top line uh, with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. So we have uh, McDrysaitl heading into Montreal, uh, facing a Habs team that played last night. Uh, seems like it's a good spot for at least one of these teams. Uh, what do you like out of this?
1: So... Every time I'm on the show and the Canadians are on the slate, I always say that the Canadians are one of the best five-on-five teams in hockey. They have three lines that are just rolling over people. And then you get pooley off the top line if he's out tonight, which is a big downgrade for that top line because he's arguably been a top three player on the Oilers this season. And McDavid's wowies without pooley Granted, it's with, like, Cassian and, like, Just awful players like Chieson. His wowies with Pooley-Arvey on the ice are so much better. But I would imagine they're going to dip down a little bit with Neil. Like, Neil is just, what, a a glorified, better Lucic at this point, really. So, like, and they're going to be getting the Dano line, which is one of the best five-on-five lines in hockey. And even if they don't get the Dino line all the time, they're going to get the Suzuki line, which – in a sense, and like over a hundred-minute sample this year has been very good defensively as well. So for me, uh, this is a this is a Canadian slate. Um, I like that side better. Uh, my favorite's Montreal too. I suspect I'm not alone there. Um, they're gonna get they're gonna get some ownership. Duran's price keeps going down. He's 3700. Suzuki's price seems like it hasn't moved in in three weeks. Josh Anderson is still manageable, and he keeps scoring goals. If he was on the top power play, this probably would be one of the highest owned lines on the, the whole night. But <clears throat> Montreal, two for me, I'm a sucker for Montreal, one, even though they don't have much power play correlation at all or any power play time at all besides Gallagher. I love them. No one really plays the no. Uh, you just hope they get it done in their 16 minutes of ice time. You hope they get it done at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, Tyler Toffoli on the third line, 7,300. That's a bit... Wild, but if you're if you're uh power play stacking Montreal, you got to put them in there. And then, I mean, I'm never going to fault you for playing an Edmonton one line in MME with fully correlated on power play one. Uh, but if I had to go for a five on five line, it'd probably be the second line. I like the dry style Yamamoto combo. Um, it's just I'm, I'm fading the Oilers tonight and just hoping that Montreal can shut them down five on five and they don't take many penalties. They did take a lot of penalties against the Canucks. So if they can stay out of the box, they should win this game.
2: Yeah. That's the one thing that I would mention here is Montreal leads the league in time shorthanded this year. So uh, if they give up five power plays to McDavid and Dreisaitl, they might be in tough. I want to mention this. Uh, This just came across and this is not good news. Uh, Edmonton and Montreal has been delayed by an hour tonight because a player from Edmonton has entered COVID protocols and they're waiting for tests to return from the rest of the players.
1: It's be I, Harvey, What's that? That'd be pooley
2: Yeah it could be Pooley-Arvey because he was um, off the ice today. Uh, he wasn't at practice. We were wondering why he wasn't there. Um, they said it was precautionary reasons like this would probably fall under precautionary reasons. Abundance of... Um, It'll be interesting to see what DraftKings do does here because sometimes they do push the lock by an hour if if a game gets delayed or something like that. Um, and we're going to need that hour because this is a game that ha- obviously has a lot of interest. Like you said, it's a good spot for Montreal, and then Connor, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl will always carry ownership. So, you know, we just don't have any more information right now. Wish we did. Um, there's not a lot that we can pass along to you. Um, keep an eye on our premium Slack is the best that I could say. Um, our premium Slack will obviously. Uh, be keeping people updated. Um,
1: have swaps ready.
2: Yeah. Make sure you have your swaps ready, but you know, <laughs> I I don't want to laugh at this, but I'm just picturing somebody swapping from Edmonton power play to Vegas one <laughs> and then Vegas having their game canceled too. Yeah. So, uh, I don't like, I'm going to leave my Edmonton stacks in. Um, if those blow up in my face, I'm going to have to just kind of choke, like choke on it. Like, there are spots that you can go, you know, elsewhere later in the slate because you know Montreal is an early game, so that you know there are places you can go later. You can go to Winnipeg, you can go to Dallas, uh, you can go to Vancouver, San Jose. Like obviously there are spots you can go. We just need to know in time, like before lock, whether or not this game is going to be canceled. So best I can say is pay attention to all your news outlets, news sources. Um, if you're an awesome subscriber, pay attention to our Slack chat because we will have more information now getting back to this game real quick. Um, assuming it goes, I'm going to have, I'm probably going to have more Edmonton than most people tonight Um, for the reason that I think people are going to, like you said, people are going to get off them one because of the matchup uh, two, because it is just a 10 game slate. Right. And yeah. I, I always take, I always take the view that there are some lines that are matchup proof. Like you brought up Tampa one and Boston one, like Edmonton one falls into that, into that box for me, our Edmonton power play at least. So, I'm going to have a fair amount of Edmonton one or Edmonton power play stack. I should say Um, I'm with you on Montreal too. I do like them a lot here tonight. I think they're going to have their way with that Edmonton second line. I want to mention the defenseman real quick. Alexander Romanoff has taken off the power play and Shea Weber's shot rate is the lowest of his career. So like as much as I want to believe in Jeff Petrie's regression, I don't see a lot of great viable alternatives in Montreal. Like I guess you can go to Sherrod or something like that, but um, for me, I think it's Petrie or Bust. I don't know what you think of that Montreal blue line.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, if GPPs, is Petrie in cash. It's probably Sherrod, but... Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a just... It's tough to nail down just because of the power point. Like, Weber is... Like, I want to play him just because he's probably going to have low ownership. But, like... He's been really, really bad. So, it, and it's our, our ownership. Our
2: ownership on him isn't honestly super low. We have him pretty much at the same spot as Chris Letang and Ryan Ellis, like around 8% or so. So, you know, it's not bad, but it's not super low. Um, our ownership actually just came out and we have Connor McDavid at 4%. So, if that's kind of why I'm going to end up playing a bunch of Munch- or a bunch of Edmonton tonight, is All it takes is one special McDavid night to lap a good chunk of the field. So, yeah, put me down for Edmonton power play Montreal too. I'm not in on either of the goalies. I can't imagine you're starting Mike Smith either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to move it along to our next game. This one, this has some sneaky interest to me. We have Columbus with a 2.7 implied goal total going into Chicago to face the Blackhawks with a 2.8 implied goal total. You know, you and I talked earlier today off – um, offline about, you know, Columbus has been fairly bad this year. There's no Zach Wierenski. Seth Jones has been pretty bad. You know, obviously they had that issue with Dubois and then they traded him and now line is there and they've already benched him. Um, Chicago has been surprisingly all right. Like I think a lot of people expected this team to be a doormat, but they haven't been, they've been at least, you know, fine, passable. Uh, Kevin Lankinen looks like he draws in net again. He's been real solid this year. Uh, so what do you like here? You know, I think two weeks ago, we would have said this would have been, you know, get as many Columbus guys in the lineup as you can, but now well, I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I kind of like, I mean, I don't love any spot in this game, but hold on. I, I can, my computer just froze. and they get these lines back up. There we go. We're back. So, I'll start with the Columbus side. I really wish York was in a spot on power play one with on the line with Line a and Rosselvik, and that would be a line I could play. I still like the Line Rosselvik line at, with Atkinson a bit, but like if you look if you dig into their underlying numbers as a team, they're just not scoring. So do I really want to play 7,100 Patrick Line for a team that's probably not going to score against Kevin Lankinen, who came out of nowhere the past month and has been playing actually really well? I don't know if he's actually a good goalie long-term, but like he's playing really well. So honestly, for me, I'm on the Chicago side, and I've been big on the second line for a while, Kubelik, Strom, and Dabrinkat. I wish Kubelik was on Powerpoint 1, but beggars can't be choosers when playing the Blackhawks. Uh, Kubelik, great shooter, scored 30 goals last season. I know I'll get roasted for saying uh, citing a stat from last season, but he's actually good. <laughs> and then <laughs> Stroman and are on power play one together. Um, no Wierenski. Jones has been terrible. So I think this is a spot you can exploit. And I I would imagine – I haven't seen the ownership since it came up. But I would imagine the Chicago is going to be very well-owned tonight. I think you, you don't need to play Kane. Um, I don't mind the the suitor-kane combo, but, like, for me, it's Chicago, too, and a sprinkle in a little bit of Columbus here and there, but I like the goalies in this game.
2: Yeah, I do like Lincoln. It's actually my first – I usually crunch –
0: No
2: purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See what my uh, projections will give me before I, I set limits and, and restrictions and all that. And I got 85 percent Kevin Lankinen in my lineup. <laughs> so uh, apparently, my projections like Kevin in tonight as well. Um, the Andrew Shaw looks like he's going to be out tonight uh, for Chicago. They said he got elbowed in the last game. Um, he's in concussion protocols. It's not good for him. I think he's had concussion issues in the past. So they might mix things up here. Um, yeah, he but I'm wondering if Kubelik doesn't yeah. – pardon me?
1: I'm sorry. Shaw sure was on the top power play, right?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. You know, if Kubelik doesn't – because I'm pretty sure when Shaw missed time earlier in the year that they put Yanmark on the top power play unit. So it might be Matthias Yanmark going back to the top PP unit. But, like, I really hope it's Kubelik. I'm with you. I'm big on Chicago tonight. I have... I think they're my third most popular stack. You know, I'm mostly, like, power play stacking-ish, even though Columbus doesn't take many penalties. It's just because, like... Pat, like... Patrick Kane might be lining up with Yanmark or, or Debrinkat or whomever, but Patrick Kane's going to play with everybody. Like, that's just what they do. Like, they don't stick to their one through four lineups. That's just not what happens in Chicago. It's the best players get the most minutes, except for Kubelik for some reason. Um, so, yeah, Strom, Kublik, Debrinkat, Kane, like that foursome, mix and match three of those guys. Uh, that's just kind of what I'm doing for my Chicago stacks. I'm just mixing and matching three. Um, of those players if you want to take a stab on the air, Mark, because he might skate in the top six might get top power play minutes I don't mind that um, but that's about that's about it from here I'm not in on on the Columbus side I know you talked about Atkinson and Rozovic but I looked at Rozovic's numbers I brought up IPP individual points percentage in our last show um, it's the rate at which a player gets a point when a goal is scored with him on the ice Elite players are like 80 to 90%. Most of the NHL is like 60 to 70. Defensemen will be like 50%. Rosovic's at 100% so far since he got traded. Okay. Like he's not going to, he's not going to keep getting a point on every single goal that's scored on the ice. And he's shooting 20% at five on five. Like there is a lot of regression to come here. We just saw Patrick Laine get benched halfway through the second period for an entire game. Like, I'm not going to play a 7100 line A that might play 13 minutes, or you know, a 5000 Jack Roslevik or whatever he is, even though like everything about his underlying numbers just screams regression. So, uh, I'm pretty much out on Columbus tonight. I don't mind if you want to do like a cheap defenseman like Savard or Gavrikov or something like that, um, because yeah, I think Savard played over 25 minutes last game without Warenski in the lineup, so like he could see. A ton of his shin pads could see a ton of shots uh, in this one. So I don't mind playing Savard, but I'm mostly out on Columbus. I'm with you on Chicago. Give me some lankening Give me some Chicago power play. I'm not really in on the Chicago defenseman. Connor Murphy's out tonight. Um, Adam Bockfist, they said, is not ready to come back. So maybe Duncan Keith sees an uptick in minutes, but like, I'm not super excited to play a 5K Duncan Keith. So... Like, if you have the salary form, I'd, you know, I'd say it's fine to play him, but I wouldn't, you know, make sure to build my lineup around ensuring getting a 5K Duncan Keith in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in on Kevin Lankin as well. He's my most popular goalie in my lineups. I got him down from 85%. I don't have 85% Kevin Lankin in tonight, but, yeah, I do like him a lot. Um, that's about it for me on this game. Don't know if you have anywhere else you want to go here.
1: Uh, just follow up on Duncan Keith. I wouldn't want off him. I would just have him in with Chicago. Um, 5K for Duncan Keith is just a correlation play. I, I couldn't imagine clicking him in my lineup without Hawks skaters.
2: Yeah, I agree with you completely. He is not a one-off guy. All right. Next game, probably not a lot of interest here, depending on who you are and how much you like these teams. We have Detroit sitting with a 2.3 implied goal total. Going into Nashville with a 3.2 implied goal total. Nashville's implied goal total has actually come down through the day and people are betting the Detroit side. So there is movement going to Detroit, which isn't surprising considering Nashville's uh, results their last few games. Uh, They just got blown out 6-1 in their last game. They lost 4-1 before that and 2-1 before that. They scored three goals in three games. It hasn't been a very good stretch for them. Uh, They have a new look top line, Luke Cunning in between uh, Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson. I wrote up Christian Juice this morning for FanDuel. Um, He's pretty cheap on FanDuel, top power play for Detroit. But honestly, I don't see a lot here that I like outside of Roman Yossi and maybe Roman Ellis or maybe Thomas Grayson. Are you going to talk me into one of these lines here, Josh?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just like, okay, I have no stats to back this up. And, okay. But I'm going to like, throw this out there. I like these. UC Saros is an undersized goalie per today's NHL, right? Right. So when his positioning is a little bit off, he gets absolutely lit up. And I, you, he's either awful or he's amazing. And he's going through one of these awful stretches. But And I wish this game was not against the Jeff Glass Hill coach team so like, I could <laughs> use skaters against him. But these lines are just, for Blasa, are just unusable. Like, if you wanna do like a Larkin Zedina, Jews, like, pa- Jews power play stack, that's fine. But like, this game as a whole just screams fade for me. Like, Yossi, yes, always yes on Yossi. Like, if you, we were talking b- before the show went live on the Nashville power, power play unit, and it's just disgusting. Like, they have good players, but they don't play them together. So these two teams mix up their lines. Their power pro units are a mess. They're both bad. I'm trying to think of things that I want from this game, and it's just really just defensemen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I have quite a bit of Roman Yossi tonight. I don't think I'm going to be the only one. I wrote up Ryan Ellis because I do think he makes a nice little differentiation play um, away from Yossi. He's much cheaper. Um, He puts up good peripherals as well. So I don't mind. Uh, Ellis but this is a one-off game to me like I have some one-off Yossi some one-off Mantha I think I have a one-off Larkin like I'm not I'm not going to get 20% Matthew Bromey I'm not going to get 20% Vladislav Nemesnikov like I'm just not doing it so um, yeah I'm kind of with you I do like Thomas Grice uh, in net he's fairly cheap uh, so if you need a cheap goaltender I don't mind going in that direction but yeah it's just one-offs I there's just nothing here that interests me
1: and then with Glass Hill, you just don't know. Like, thirty minutes, like as soon as they hit the warmth, it could be like Larkin, Zadina, and Bobby Ryan. You're like, wow, I kind of want to play this line. Or it could be like Darren Helm with Larkin and and Giovanni Smith. Like, you just don't know with Glass Hill. So like, it's hard to like lock in a line because he changes them more than Torts does. So it's just, it's just a mess.
2: And then it's not like Nashville's that much more reliable. We were yeah. saying was it Michael McCarron was on their power play in the last game. And Michael McCarron was a player who was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens like eight years ago. And he couldn't crack their lineup for like six years. Like what are they doing? So uh, like when I see somebody like Michael McCarron getting top power play minutes over Michael Granlund or Victor Arvidsson, I see a coach that's run out of ideas. So yeah, I'm with you. One-offs, Yossi, Ellis, mantha larkin juice on fanduel because he's cheap not on dk i mean that's
1: probably about it Forsberg is a little pricey for a one-off i mean if you have this if you're using two cheap lines and you have almost seven thousand, but like
2: yeah that's a yeah. good point
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah all right uh this weekend we have a pretty big race coming up this weekend we have the daytona 500 coming up are you a big race guy josh
1: I like to watch cars turn left for four hours, yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, then that makes you a big race guy. Well, we have a little deal going on here at Osmo. We're having a 50% off NASCAR week. So if you head on over to Osimo.com and use the promo code Daytona, you will get half off your first week of Osmo Plus NASCAR. That's $4.98 for everything we have to add for the Daytona 500 this Sunday. So be sure to check that out. That's promo code daytona for half off your first week at osmo plus this is valid through valentine's day the race comes up on sunday i always watch the races i like always have them. the big races i'll have them on in the background i'm not going to put them on every week but yeah i'm with you maybe maybe i should get some of our osmo plus tools and have something to do this sunday as well
1: (laughs) yeah because and because with the race the nhl slate is going to get demolished so might as well tilt some cars going 200 miles an hour going left
2: may as well tilt some cars that are tilting yeah <laughs> and also over here at awesome we love giving away some free stuff so today over at Osmo.com, we have free nba and nhl ownership projections ownership is something that people really should start paying attention to it is very very important especially once you get to the bigger slates um it's a big difference between a one or two percent line and a seven or eight percent line So NBA, NHL, free ownership projections are now up at awesomo.com. All right, let's move this along to our next game. One that I'm sure has a lot of interest, especially for one side. We have Ottawa with a 2.7 implied goal total going into Winnipeg with a 3.7 implied goal total. Uh, Ottawa's implied goal total has come down a bit during the day. Um, That kind of makes sense when you see that they've been changing up their lines and stuff. Uh, Winnipeg, Welcome uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois to the fold in their last game, but he only played 13 minutes, but they say his role is going to start increasing. Uh, We're showing a lot of ownership uh, on Mark Scheifele, 18%. Nick Ehlers, 14%. We have Nick Ehlers as the fifth most owned player. That's pretty high for a guy that's not on on his team's top power play unit. Uh, What do you think of Winnipeg here tonight? And does Ottawa interest you at all?
1: So from a Winnipeg side, outside of that top line, it's hard to really key on anything because Paul Maurice did a nice little hack job on the the second, third, and fourth line. So their power play one is like over three lines. Power play two is over three lines. So I kind of treat the Winnipeg top line kind of like I treat the Florida top line, like I want to play them. I just don't like the power play correlation. Like, obviously, like, Kopp has been really good. Ehlers has been really good. And they got the upgrade from Stastny to Shifley. So, you know, you would think um, that's a nice five-on-five line. And they're going to probably see the depth of Ottawa, which is – we've talked about it plenty of times. The depth of Ottawa is – I'm running out of – they're just – I'll just say not good. (laughs) They're 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 bad. (laughs) So, like, I understand the the ownership on the Winnipeg Jets' top line. MME, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely – I don't know if I'd be, like, way over the field, but I'd probably be over the field. Um, that second line, I wish it just was not Trevor Lewis. I, like, if, if it was um, someone in his price point, like a Mason Appleton, I'd have more – is using the whole line, but I don't mind a Connor Dubois duo, yeah. even though they're not on the same power play unit. Um, and then that third line is probably going to go up against, uh, I would imagine, the the line, whatever line Brady Kachuk's on, probably with Tierney and Brown, unless they mix it up. So for me, this is a Winnipeg one uh, slate for me. And then on the Ottawa side, I probably it's probably more of like a one-off or mini power play stuff, like a one-off Kachuk or a one-off Daninoff um, a Kachuk, Dadinoff and then uh Chabot type of deal. But that's really about it on the Ottawa side.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. I wrote up Dubois this morning uh, for my NHL DFS power plays uh, 4,200. Like I said, he only played 13 minutes, but they did say he's going to start getting some more ice time. So I like that. Um, Kyle Connor, you mentioned him as well. Um, his price came down a lot. He was $7,000 on the last slate. He's six K now. So the price has come down, and it's a reasonable, you know, 10200 for a two-man is pretty reasonable on DraftKings. So I do like that. I'm with you that this is about a Winnipeg one, or I don't know what you want to call the Dubois-Connor line. I'm calling them Winnipeg two. So, yeah. yeah, Winnipeg one and two, because they have been using uh, Stasny, like you said, up against the top – uh, top line for the opponents. And as I wrote this morning uh, in the power plays with Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat off the ice, the Sens are allowing over 2.8 expected goals against for 60 minutes, which would put them last in the league. Um, they are brutal without their top guys on the ice. So yeah, the fact that Winnipeg uses their third line against the opponent's top line means real good things for the top six from Winnipeg tonight. So if you want a power play stack, uh, if you want to... Power play two stack, even though they may not get a ton of minutes. I don't have a problem with that either. Uh, is it? One thing I want to mention is that Derek Forbord and Nathan Pogliu, uh they are getting a ton of minutes. Dylan Demello is not. Do you have any interest in those guys?
1: So I was a Forbord guy until he got into like the mid threes. Right. Like, I would be way more interested if he was like 30, like in the range of 2800 to 3300. At 3700, I, th- I still think you can do it, but like, it's a bit pricey for me. Uh, boo you, or however you said it, these U's, man, they kill me. But 2600, I'd be more apt to one off him. Um, just top pair, uh, 1100 cheaper blocks and shots. So, I'd be more apt to go there than Forbert until his price comes down a little bit.
2: Yep, I'm with you there And I don't really have a ton of interest in either goalie I mean, Murray, I guess if you want to get some leverage I think Hellebuck's too expensive for the matchup So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at there We're going to move to the next one Carolina with a 2.9 implied goal total The Hurricanes are going into Dallas to face the Stars The Stars have a 2.6 implied goal total uh, Seeing Dallas lines as the last game No, Alex Radulov, he's not back in uh, Tuvo Teravainen looks like he's jumped to the top line with Sebastian Aho, and that means the line of Spechnikov, Jordan Stahl, and Warren Fogle is back together. They're also expecting Vincent Trocheck back. Uh he should play with Nino Niederreiter and Jordan Martinuk. All right. Uh I don't have a ton of interest in this game. This looks like a pretty bad matchup for both sides. I might have, you know, some Carolina power play stacks, but that's about it. What do you like out of this game?
1: Yeah, so one of the when I was first building lineups, one of the first things they put in was a Carolina power play stack, Aho, Svechnikov, Dougie. And then you realize they're at home against or the stars are at home, so they're probably gonna stand out the Fasca line against Aho. And that's not the best matchup. I mean Aho Svechnikov combo are excellent five on five. So Fasca, Cogliano, Blake Como, like they're good defensively, but they're they're getting old. They're they're just old. So like, I don't mind from like if they if Carolina top line is going to be under owned because of it, I don't mind going there. And then I'll have to wait and see on the second line uh, if Trocheck is back because if Trocheck is back, that means stall's is going to come off power play one, which gives the Carolina power play a bump because Trochek has been shooting the puck a bunch. Stahl's a good puck mover, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really finish. So for me on the Carolina side, it'd be power play stack really. Uh, I don't like playing the stall line five on five. Um, you wanna one off Fogel just because he gets a little bit of power play time and he's under 3,000, okay. I'd be I'd rather one off like a Terra for the power play one time. And on the Dallas side I just don't like rostering Dallas, like overpriced Pavelski, overpriced Ben. Like, so for me, Dallas, it's Dallas two, hence Gurionov and Klingberg for a power play correlation. Jason Robertson on the lineman price. I don't know. So I'd probably leave them off unless I needed some salary savings. So Dallas two really for me in MME, I'd have a little bit, but as a whole in this game, As an MME, I'd probably be under the field on most of this game.
2: Yeah, I have no Dallas. Um, I'm not paying almost 20K for Pavelski, Bennett, Klingberg going up against Carolina. That's just way too expensive for me. Um, And then I don't think it's just not a good matchup for the Hintz line either. So I'm pretty out on Dallas altogether. I wrote up Brock McGinn um, in my Osmo power plays. Um, He's on the top line. He's been playing 18 minutes of late. Uh, He's not bad for a punt. But I'm with you. For me, it's a Carolina power play stack out of this game. Dallas is the third most penalized team in the league. So if Carolina can get four or five power plays, I do like their chances uh, of converting here. Uh, on the blue line outside of Doug, Dougie Hamilton, I like Slavin and Pesci. They're playing the most minutes. They're playing 22, 23 minutes a game. Um, they're not bad for uh, you know, a decent punt-ish type. Yeah. And I'm also, I also like Hudoven in that. Just because Carolina is one of the biggest shot volume teams in the league, you know maybe Hudobin can get us that save bonus.
1: Yeah, it's one of the jokes we always have with Carolina: come for the expected goals, stay for zero goals. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I <laughs> uh, just want to remind everybody that we have a new Twitter account. It's at Awesome NHL. Um, you can go check us out there. If you go to our main. Uh, Twitter account, awesome underscore com. We have a little contest going out right now that if we can get to 30 K followers, we're giving out 30 free weekly passes. So if you're not following our main osmo account, headed to osmo underscore com on Twitter, follow us. And we are giving away three free weekly passes. Be sure uh, to come and sign up at osmo Plus you can get access to all the great osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there for, with a weekly pass of 29. 95. This includes full access to all our premium content and tools on osmo.com, including player projections, player ownership projections, our premium Slack channel which is important for nights like tonight, and a whole lot more. If you want to play just NHL, our weekly package starts at 11.95. Stop guessing, start winning. Join osmo.com today. All right, just a few more games to bang out here. We're going to talk about this one real quick. Anaheim, 2.2 implied goal total going into Vegas. Vegas is 3.4 implied goal total. There are COVID issues here right off the top. Um, they pulled a player off the ice out of, off a, out of a game two nights ago. Canceled practice yesterday. Shea Theodore not a warm, uh, morning skate today. Alex Petrangelo was back. I'm not rostering anybody out of this game because I'm very concerned about a postponement, especially after the game starts. What are you doing here?
1: Yeah, especially with this Edmonton news that they're actually even considering pushing back the start of that game. Like maybe, they're, maybe the NHL is starting to take this seriously. Maybe. I won't hold my breath. But like Thomas Nosic came out of the game in the second period COVID positive. They practiced today. But it's very possible they start this game and more tests come back positive and they have to, you know, stop. So it's, it's really hard to play anybody in this game. Like it's very possible we've seen the NBA games get canceled right before it locks. So you just got to, if you have skaters from this game, you need to have swaps ready and you need to be around for lock time in this game. Just real quickly on the game. Like obviously Vegas one, Vegas two, like we've talked about that. It, it feels like the Knights have been playing the ducks for three weeks. Like it's, it's the same matchups. Theodore's out. Uh, Petro is back in, which is a bump defensively for Vegas. So if I am going to play skaters from this game, it's going to be an MME and I'm going to be around for lock Vegas one, Vegas two duck side. Doesn't really interest me. Maybe some Anaheim too, but as a whole, I have, I'm scared this game's going to get canceled. So I'm probably just completely fading.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. I don't have any players from this game. I have some John Gibson cause he might be back, but in my John Gibson lineups, I'm leaving like five or $600 so I can switch over to like Cal Peterson or Thatcher Demko if I need to. Uh, in a pinch. I'm not switching around a ton of lines, especially with Vegas one being so expensive. So uh, we'll jump to our next game then Calgary three and a half implied goal total going into Vancouver, Vancouver with a 2.9. Vancouver's looked real bad, but it's also brought their prices down. Uh, What do you like out of this game?
1: Okay. I'm on the Calgary side here. Um, I just, I don't know what Vancouver has been doing. Like all their lines have been so bad defensively and they continue to send out the Patterson Miller Besser line against the top comp. Like it doesn't make sense. They're getting absolutely caved, I guess just because they have a very large sample and they were actually decent last season, but like it's just not showing up in the numbers or if you watch the games this season. Um, So I think all three lines for for Calgary and play tonight. Um I I really like this third line at Backlund, Mangiapani, and, and Lucic. Uh I'm not huge on playing Lucic. I know Jake had some Lucic the other night and almost took down a GPP, but uh they fully cor- correlate on power play too. They're cheap enough where you can fit the expensive lines in. Um and then the top two lines, I don't really like the third wheels really of Dubé or, or Bennett. So I think you could even, you know, power play stack, do like a Lindholm Kachuk, uh, Rasmus Anderson or Monaghan Goudreau Anderson, or even go like Kachuk, like mix and match the power play stacks here. And then on the the Vancouver side, like that Patterson line in in MME, I definitely have some just out of, you know, FOMO, just because there's their prices have come down. They're reasonably priced. They're at home. Maybe the coach, you know, gets hit with a puck and decides not to put Pederson out against the top comp, and they see some of the bottom six. So, um, yeah. Uh, and and then the Horvat line. I don't mind that if like they're gonna go against Monahan and Gaudreau, like I'll have some Horvat the, of the Horvat line for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I like that horvat lines matchup. Um, you don't need a ton. Horvat-Pearson, the prices come down on all these players too, so it's not super expensive to fit them in. I do have a couple of Vancouver power play stacks, uh, just because I don't think they'll be super popular. But yeah, I'm with you. This is probably more of a Calgary side, but um, I actually will probably end up with uh, some Vancouver power play stacks in my lineup, just because I don't think... Uh, We're going to see a ton of ownership on them. um, And we still have them as, you know, one of the double digit top stacks in our top stacks tool. Um, We have them as a decent leverage play too. So put me in for some Vancouver power play stacks. All right, real quick, getting to our last game of the night here. We have San Jose with a 2.9 applied gold total going into Los Angeles with a 2.7. I think uh, you and I might be on the same side of the coin here. I'm in on San Jose too. Meyer Hurdle Uh, What say you.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna get sharked with you guys tonight again. Um, I really like the second line. They're gonna avoid the Kopitar line and quickly on the Kopitar line, like they have a large sample. I follow Kopitar Brown, but if you look at their numbers for this season, they're outperforming their career numbers. So I kind of want to avoid the Kator Bank Kane line. And people, I, I mentioned that in a chat, and people were like, "Oh, Kator and Kane scored." They're both on six on five uh, scenarios. It wasn't five on five. So for me, it's San Jose too. If you could fit in Burns, uh, you do it. If not, Mario Ferraro is another interesting one with the advanced stats. Like dude doesn't shoot much, but when he does, it's always on net. Um, yeah, so it's, it's San Jose too. For me, I do kind of like the LA Kings top line. Uh, if they're going to see 10% ownership, like they did last late, it's going to be a fade for me.
2: Yeah. I don't mind the Kings matchup actually like Los Angeles Kopitar line going in, you know, trying to take that on that tour line. I don't think it's a bad matchup for Los Angeles, but I don't think Brown actually skated today at practice. Like I think he may be a game time decision. So that's just something else that I don't want to deal with later.
1: And then Kempe probably moves up, right?
2: Yeah. It'd it'd probably be Kempe. Um, It, it just, for me, this is San Jose too. Hurdle and Meyer, they have great numbers together. Historically, it's a great matchup against Los Angeles' second line. Los Angeles' second line is just terrible defensively. Uh, so it's a great matchup for that San Jose, too. But by that same token, I also like Cal Peterson in that if he starts. Yeah, um, San Jose, Los Angeles allows a lot of shots. San Jose takes a lot of shots. Um, I think the one thing to watch is Drew Doughty. Um, he, I believe he was at skate today, but you know, he has been a little bit dinged up lately. So just watch that uh, late in the game just in case. All right, Josh, hit me with one of your favorite stacks on the night.
1: We just talked about it, San Jose 2, so I'll get a little creative, and I'll say Chicago 2.
2: All right, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay 3. Tampa Bay 3 is my filler stack for Edmonton. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here today. Please remember to subscribe and hit us with that thumbs up on your way out. Don't forget to hit the notification button if you want to get – notifications whenever we go and hit the air because sometimes we do change times from day to day avery how you doing today bud good good that's josh's little man avery thank you again so much everyone subscribe to our podcast in case you miss anything for any sport and good luck tonight everybody good luck